you gonna do when Hulkamania and those Philadelphia Eagles run wild on you, brother? Welcome back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Gillio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. And the voice there, I mean the unmistakable voice of Hulk Hogan. Is that tonight? Is this happening live? Big Eagles fan, Hulk Hogan. Well, I mean, Hulk knows where, where his fans are at, and he's here in Philadelphia. We uh, we found out that Howie Roseman is at Raw tonight, the 30th anniversary of Raw tonight here in Philadelphia. I've been to um, I've been my fair share of Raws. It's it's been it's been quite some time. I went to a Raw here in what year was that? Maybe 2008, 07. Maybe the last Raw I went to. The first Raw I went to was 1990, it was sometime in the late 90s, 8 or 9, in um, East Rutherford, New Jersey. The, um, I believe someone was sacrificed. It was either Stone Cold or The Rock, someone, or Stephanie. Was that like the IZOD Center? Uh, yeah. It might have, at that time, it might have been the Continental Airlines Arena. Um, but it, it was, the, the, the Brood was part of it. The Undertaker, they were sacrificing people. It was it was a wild time. But how about Howie Roseman? Now, would he have shown up if they lost on Saturday? I don't think so. No, sure. I don't think you could have. No, you can't go. But, how, I mean, Howie, he should feel good. He built the best team, best roster in the NFL. They're in the title himself game. a little bit. He should. He, this guy did an amazing job, and he's got his team in the NFC title game. 215-592-9494 to hop in. All right, we're reacting here and, and really kind of still celebrating from what happened on Saturday. Just as dominant of a playoff victory as you'll ever see for the Eagles. And the opposite happened on Sunday night for all those Cowboys fans out there. And I thought the Niners were going to win that game. I, I thought they'd win the game. I, I picked them to win and cover. I, I thought it'd be a little bit higher scoring, but Dallas had chances yesterday. I mean, they, they really had moments in that game. You're like, if they just made a play here, they could steal this game. And they didn't. Dak Prescott turned the ball over again. Uh, so many dumb plays by the Cowboys. I mean, just ridiculously dumb plays. Dalton Schultz not getting himself. First of all, not going out of bounds, allowing himself to be shoved backwards and then go out of bounds. So clock ran late in the game. And then the play where he caught the ball but didn't get both feet in. like, And he was all by himself. Just dumb plays. But this one, for the second straight year to end a playoff game against the Niners, McCarthy and company decide to go just, you know, I mean, zombie just brain. I don't know what they were thinking. Here it is yesterday to end that game. The Cowboys come out their last gasp. And are they going to play Ezekiel Elliott at center here? Look at this formation. Yeah, so they have their right guard and tackle out here, their left guard and left tackle out here. It appears that Zeke's going to go to center. This looks like my flag football team. Final play looks like barring a penalty. Prescott over the middle of the turf. Gets smoked right away. And that'll do it. The 49ers back to the championship game. I want you to think about what you just heard there for a second, okay? And, and for everyone out there, we all know a Cowboys fan or two. Just once in a while over the next few months, just send them that play. Just send them a message with that play because it's two years in a row. Now, last year, McCarthy and Dak and whoever's idea it was decided to have him run as the clock is running down, and they didn't have enough time to spike the ball and kick a field goal in a, in a loss to the 49ers. That was last year. This year, all the dumb plays I mentioned, they cost themselves time. They cost themselves field position. So – uh, clearly, the spot they were on the field, a Hail Mary was not going to work. It's, it's too far away. So they, they need to come up with some tr- sort of trick play. So I understand why it wasn't a natural drop-back Hail Mary. You know, Dak can't throw it 70 yards. That's okay. 
But that play, did you hear how Burkhart and Olsen were almost giggling as if a, a child, like when I play football in the, my, my front yard with my kids, they create plays. And like I laugh to myself because like they're eight and five now. So they, they like, they draw on the football, like you run here and then I'll hide the ball under my shirt and then daddy won't know where it is. This is an NFL team and they're laughing at them. And the comedic timing of it was perfect because I felt the same way. Like they lined up in this formation and then... San Francisco called a timeout to uh, adjust their defense, and they come back out, and it was like three minutes of me standing there saying, I don't know what they're going to try, but I'm excited to see it. And it was over in like half a second. Ezekiel Elliott got blew up. Uh, the, the wide receiver, Turpin, got tackled because Dak Prescott's throw was kind of off the mark, and he had to leap to catch it. And that was it. Like, we don't even know what they were trying to do because the play ended so quickly. Yeah, and the craziest part about the reaction is, so like Burkhart and Olsen meet with the coaches. Like, they, they get a conversation with each coach before the game. Now, I don't know if they're going to go over end-of-scenario game, like, we're down this, we got to have the trick play. I don't know if they're going to tell them. But just the fact that they met with these guys and were still dumbfounded by the play they rolled out there yesterday, it, it was amazing. Now, as much fun as Dallas Week would have been around here, and, and Dallas Week would have been great, this is the better matchup, this is the better game. And here's what I know when Sunday is over. If the Eagles win this game and get to the Super Bowl – there, we won't be able to say years from now, well, they beat the Giants and the and the Cowboys and McCarthy to get the Super Bowl. Like they, they're going to, in a year where I think both the Niners and the Eagles both had softer schedules, not the super harder schedule in the league, they have to now go through each other. They are the two best teams by a lot in the NFC. Two best, two, two of the most well-coached teams, best rosters, you know, just everything. Weapons all over the place, playmakers on defense, great pass rusher on each side. This is the way it should be. Like it, it, I like I like that we have this. I know once in a while we get a Cinderella or an upstart or a team from the wild card round, uh, and I guess the, the Bengals apply in, in that case again. But I look at these four teams like they're on a different level, whether it be the coach-quarterback combination to Kansas City, the full roster here, the full roster at San Francisco and how well they're coached on both sides, what Joe Burrow has become and how that team just has taken on his personality of like, we we will beat you and rip your heart out. I love that these are the four teams left. This is the way it should be. Yeah, and I'm sure there might, if the Eagles win, I'm sure there'll be some revisionist history from some people later on saying, well, it wasn't fair. You only beat Brock Purdy. Right. That doesn't count. But I mean, the 49ers have been, if not the best team in the NFL, one of them. I mean, they haven't lost since October 23rd, which... For keeping score at home, that's the same day Bryce Harper hit the home run to to beat the Padres. Wow. If that kind of puts it into perspective for you a little bit. I mean, it's been a long time since they've been on the losing end of a game. Yeah, that is a, that is a long time. This is not a game. Yeah, I don't want to hear any of that. Well, they only beat Brock Purdy. The, the Niners have lost the game since that date Tucker just mentioned. 215-592-9494 to hop in here. Look, when, when the Eagles walked off the field Saturday and they walked into the locker room and they and, – you know, a couple things that I thought about as that game ended. Because so I've been mentioning tonight the coaches and how how they have them so buttoned up, so focused. There, there's something really interesting about what's happened here this year, and and I have to say it's probably a lot on Sirianni, on Gannon, on the way these guys are wired, but also the leaders here, the Jalen Hurts of the world, the Devonte Smiths. I found it really almost in a way refreshing. They didn't really celebrate much on Saturday, like. I'm sure they had, as Hurt said on the field after the game to Pam Oliver, they had their 12 hours to celebrate this and enjoy it. I'm sure they do probably more privately than they do publicly. But, you know, I, I think back to 2017, the Eagles celebrated that win over the Falcons. 
And they were underdogs in that game, and they they were kind of counted out, and that wasn't the case this week because the Eagles were big favorites over a Giants team. They should have been big favorites over. But there's like a an interesting a laser focus to this group that I don't ever remember an Eagles team having. Maybe the 4 team because they were just so hell-bent on we need to get to the Super Bowl that nothing was satisfying until that moment, that they couldn't let their guard down at all until they beat the Falcons in the NFC Championship game, that everything before it was just like a step of the way. Don't even blink. A step of the way. This team has some of that. I mean, I I, I was at the game when they clinched the number one seed. It didn't even feel like they celebrated. They won the division. They got the number one seed. I, I think Hertz said something about, you know, he's not a big hat and T-shirt guy. Like, it's, it's nice, but they've got bigger goals. They won a playoff game 38-7 to on, on Saturday night. And it, it felt to them, the way they were projecting in the locker room after the game, as if it was a, a Week 15, you know, run-of-the-mill game. Like, a big game, but not that big of a deal. I, I think it's great. I mean, there's, there, there's no... Like, the eye is completely on the prize with this group. And I, I'm not sure where that comes from. Some of it's probably just innate with these guys, but maybe it's the coaching staff, too. Like, they, they don't seem to take their eye off the prize at all here. No, and one thing I think you always worry about with teams is when they beat a team as badly as the Eagles beat the Giants on Saturday night is they're going to overlook it, right? They're feeling themselves a little bit too much, and they're going to overlook San Francisco and Brock Purdy and might get caught flat-footed on Sunday. And I just don't think that's the case with this team. And maybe it's because you have so many blue-chip talent players from the SEC. Like Jalen Hurts has played in national championship games. Devontae Smith has played in national championship games. Landon Dickerson. And then you kind of go to the older guys. Lane Johnson's won a Super Bowl. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. A lot of this team has been here and done that on a big stage. I wonder if it just doesn't phase them, if they fully understand what their goal is and they know how to get there because they have done it before, albeit at varying levels. Yeah, there's a, there's a weird maturity to them because there's a lot of young guys. I mean, obviously there's the older guys, the BG and, and Lane and those guys, Kelsey, that have been through this before, won a championship and had a parade here. But there's also a lot of young guys that you would think – not not that the moment would overwhelm them, but they they'd get they'd enjoy it a little bit more. And is it's rare to see this. I mean, it just it is with young young teams, young players, I should say. When they win playoff games, they celebrate. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. But you know, the four teams we have left here, I, I think it, it's going to make this an incredible championship Sunday. All of them have one goal. And that's to win a Super Bowl. The Niners have been, what, three of the last four NFC title games? The Eagles have, as Tucker said, blue-chip young players, Hurts, Devontae, Dickerson, those kind of guys, that you know, big program guys. And and the Niners have been in these, this game a million times. And then look at the other two. The Chiefs and Bengals, all they think about is the Super Bowl. Like You have Patrick Mahomes, all you think about is the Super Bowl. And Joe Burrow has turned the one of the biggest loser franchises in sports into a team that now thinks nothing but Super Bowl. Like that makes this whole thing, it makes it it makes it more fun. I mean, I, I'm I'm extra excited about it because of the four teams we have left, and and the cool thing, and we I talked about this at the end of the season, and and we wondered if it could work, and I and I didn't know. I just gave theories. It talked about other teams. Did, you know, I I think we have to remember this again. I mentioned a few minutes ago. You know, maybe we should think about next summer when Sirianni's sitting players or going through 58 minute practices like. What really matters here? And I think back to the end of the regular season, maybe in the future, we'll remember that the end of the regular season doesn't really matter that much either. I mean, the Eagles did not play their best football in December. I mean, we know that. They had injuries. They got banged up. They lost the Saints at home. It didn't matter. 
It, it didn't matter. Here's what matters. When the ball is snapped, when the ball is kicked off to start the playoffs, are you ready to play your best that night? That's all that matters. The Eagles, especially if they win this week, will be further proof of that. Like, the whole momentum thing. Momentum. We heard all week about the Giants had momentum. They won a playoff game. It didn't matter. The Eagles had better players, better coaches, home field advantage, rest. Like, all that stuff. I mean, I think the Eagles have a chance here to to kind of be remembered like that Saints team in 09 that was 13 and 0 lost three straight and then matter they got in the playoffs and just and then they smoked the Cardinals and then won a title game against the the Vikings and then won the Super Bowl against the um the Colts like it doesn't matter all that matters is you play your best in, in the game like I, I I just it it doesn't matter and it's funny we have of the teams left here the Bengals haven't lost in a while the 49ers haven't lost in a while the Chiefs are always uh, you know a viable team, but now they have Mahomes banged up, and the Eagles had a tough December. Like it's it's four teams coming from different levels. It it, it doesn't matter. It matters how you play when the playoffs start. Not this whole momentum December thing. It's it, it's all something that we've created to make. I think we made ourselves worried, and then the Eagles they calmed that worry pretty fast. Let's go to Brian, who's up on WIP. Hey Brian. Hey, what's up, Joe G? How are you? Good, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. N- number one, I think the nice thing is, is that the best four teams are in the finals, which is a good thing. Uh, you know, it was, it, it was a little surprising yesterday, the way the bills played, uh, you know, I really kind of thought they would win that game, but they just couldn't get anything started. It was great. It was crazy. Yeah, it was so. Brian. I, it's funny watching the bills and the way they play and the way they don't run it. Well, it's almost like. They're not built for cold weather. They're not built for their own stadium, and the, and the Bengals just seemed much more comfortable in the snow yesterday. Uh, you're you're spot on, and, and and the and the thing is, the Bengals had Mixon, the Bills had nobody close right. to him. So, but uh, yeah, and, and on the Eagles, um, yeah, it was obviously obviously a great win Saturday night. Um, you know, I feel confident uh, for Sunday with Purdy. You know, it's it's hard to see Purdy coming in here and winning. You know, 100%. You know, he's played very well, but, you know, the atmosphere, I think, is going to be really difficult for him. And and, and then they're, they're going to be able to get to him, you know, and pressure him. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be a close game, but. Yeah, and the I, thing about Purdy, Brian, he's, I mean, he's just never had to have an atmosphere like this yet in his NFL career. I mean, that's, I think there's been five. Five rookie quarterbacks that have gotten to the championship game, like the AFC or NFC, and they've all lost at that spot. And I would imagine, I would imagine probably all of them are on the road, or maybe four of the five are on the road. It's just a very difficult ask to have him come here and play really well. It, it is ext- exactly. It's extremely difficult, uh, you know. And, and if he can pull it off, you know, hats off to him. But I mean, I, I do see, um, you know, Joe Burrow was just—he's just a stud. It, it's unbelievable how. How good he really is, and you know, obviously the Mahomes injury is just—that's devastating. I, I'm not even convinced he's going to play on Sunday, but we'll see. He'll probably try and gut it out, but he's not going to—he's not going to be even close to 100. percent Yeah, and and Brian, how much of Mahomes and what he does is because he can get away and he can move and he could just—you know—he could kind of shift in the pocket and run three yards to his right and then throw a bomb. Like if he's—if he's a statue back there, he probably could still you know put up 17 or 24 points. But can he? Can he beat Burrow if he can't be special? I don't think he can. 
No, I, I totally agree. I mean, he's not he's not a huge runner, but the escapability is is huge for him. And no, I I agree. I I I see a Philadelphia Cincinnati you know Super Bowl at this point. Me too. And, and you know what? And Brian appreciate it. And what we'll have obviously you know, three weeks from now that game we played. But that would be an incredible matchup: Eagles and the Bengals, the two quarterbacks in the twenty twenty draft class. That would be so much fun. As far as Purdy goes, it's starting to feel. I'm not going to say he, he played bad yesterday because he outplayed Dak. He, he he certainly protected the football better than Dak Prescott did. And in a game like that, you just couldn't turn the ball over and you, you'd probably find a way to win. Didn't it feel like yesterday Purdy was just kind of blah? I mean, to, in the first quarter against the Seahawks, it looked like he was trying to throw, turn it over, and then he settled down. But that team's not very good. Yesterday he faced a good defense, and he just was blah. He, he, it, it almost felt you felt like he, you forgot he was actually back there playing quarterback. N- nothing special just mostly okay it feels like he might be coming back to earth here yeah I think it was the first game he didn't throw multiple touchdowns all season he had thrown at least two or three in every game and I wouldn't say he was exposed but I think the one thing Kyle Shanahan does that tends to hamstring him in the playoffs and I, I actually thought this last year I think we talked about it last year he doesn't let his quarterbacks win games for him in the postseason And I think if I'm the Eagles and I'm Jonathan Gannon and I'm kind of watching the film and breaking it down, I'm not fearing Brock Purdy because he doesn't let Brock Purdy win the game. He's not going to put the ball in Brock Purdy's hands down four with two minutes to go and let him lead a drive. If you're playing a Kyle Shanahan offense with a quarterback like Brock Purdy, I really don't think you have to fear him. Like He might make the throws that you let him make, but he's not going to make the difficult throws. He's not going to put the ball in tight situations and... In a game where I think the talent level is just about even, that's not going to be enough. Yeah, he almost got picked. He's done things in the last, obviously the last two games is the one I've, I've watched the most. I mean, I've watched every snap of the last two games he's played. I didn't do that. Most of us didn't during the season. You know what he has a tendency to do? I think the Eagles could take advantage of it on Sunday. You notice he keeps rolling to his left. He's obviously a right-handed quarterback. He rolls to his left like he's Kyler Murray or, you know, Josh Allen. And he tries to bomb the ball down the field as he's, he's falling away. And he nearly got picked on it last week. He nearly got picked on it yesterday. I think there was a play that it was double coverage down the field and the ball just went incomplete or whatever it was. It wasn't actually a, a pick. You know, the Eagles can get him next week. They absolutely can. So he, here are the four quarterbacks. So there's been – is it four or five? It's, um, here is the full list of quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks that have been to the title game. Sean King was the first one in 99, Bucks at the Rams. Obviously he lost. Next one was Big Ben – and they hosted the steel, the uh, hosted the Patriots in. in Steelers o- were fifteen and one that year. Yes, and I think he had what he was like fourteen and zero as a starter. Yeah, because Tommy Maddox started the year and it's got hurt. Kind of Purdy-ish, uh, although Ben was a first round pick. Like he was going to eventually be the quarterback anyway. They lost at home to the Patriots. That's the that's the only one. Ben is the only rookie quarterback to be at home in a title game. The other ones after that was Flacco in 08, lost the Steelers in Pittsburgh, and then Mark Sanchez 09. Lost to the Colts in Indianapolis. So three of the first four have been on the road. Purdy's going to be number five. So four of the of the five you know rookie quarterbacks to to be in in a championship game on the road. None of them ever won. I mean, there's and and think about some of those guys. Like Big Ben went on to be a Hall of Famer. Flacco went on to win a Super Bowl. Um, you know, on the scale of those guys, I, I would guess Purdy's career is probably going to end up more of a Sanchez, Sean King than a Flacco or Roethlisberger, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe this, maybe he's going to be good for a while. I, I don't know, but I would, I would guess this is probably more Mark Sanchez, Sean King in a title game. Do you think he's their opening day starter next year? 
even as they keep posturing that Jimmy G could be back for the Super Bowl? Probably. I'm not I'm not sure of it though yet. I'm not I mean he could implode and they could have, you know, doubts and they could go back to Trey Lance, but I don't know. Like if they lose twenty four seventeen on Sunday, I don't know. I, I think he would be the minus two hundred to to be the opening day starter. Yeah, for sure the favorite. I mean the way he's played and, and what's the other option? A guy coming off an ankle, a broken leg? Tom Brady begging to go there for the you know second time in three years. I I don't know who their other options are, and obviously Jimmy G's out there, but he's a free agent. I I, I think that relationship is is all but over. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's how you hop aboard. We'll come back. Your phone calls and listen. This game on Sunday and everything we have coming up here, it's going to be incredible. And part of the reason why this is so much fun, this is so exciting right now is that the quarterback is back. Jalen Hurts was back. He played like himself. He looked like himself. And then how about Nick Sirianni dropping the compliment of all compliments? Like, there's no bigger compliment in sports than what Nick Sirianni had to say about Jalen Hurts. You'll hear that next. My reaction to what he had to say about the Eagles quarterback. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this Monday. A victory Monday. Heard Ike earlier at Chickies. Screaming victory. Two more of those. I need two more Ike Reese victories over the next month as this thing is headed to the NFC title game. And what a night it was on Saturday. And I just I just think it back to some of those those plays, those highlights, the defensive effort. Hassan Reddick was unbelievable. The, the the secondary was smothering the great pick by Bradbury reading that play. As well coached of a team as you'll see in the, across the entire NFL as this Eagles team. They're prepared, they are focused. Everything we ever asked for, they were on Saturday night. And obviously the talent's shown through against a Giants team that wasn't up for it. And then there's, there's Jalen Hurts, who there's just something about this team with Jalen Hurts under center this year. Invincible is probably the wrong word because that is, that's a very strong word and they have lost the game. But don't they comport themselves with him out there like, we're not going to lose the game? They, they have a body language about them, and they did not have it in Dallas when they lost, and they did not have it when they were here against the Orleans on January 1st. The Eagles carry themselves with a body language this season with Jalen Hurts at quarterback like, we're not losing. We have this guy, you don't, we're not losing. And and it's just, it's an aura. And the funny part is I don't think Jalen Hurts really gives that off. It's like they feed off of him with that. After the game on Saturday, Nick Sirianni, when you, you hear this, he kind of paused himself in the middle of this, probably knowing, like, you don't usually, you probably shouldn't say this about any current player because it's just too much of a comp to put on anyone, but he did it anyway. Here's Sirianni on his comparison for Jalen Hurts. Uh, to have him out there is like, I know this is high praise, but to have him out there is like having, uh, nah, I shouldn't even go there, but like he's having like Michael Jordan out there. Like he's your leader. He's your leader. He's your guy. He's your, like, like that's, hopefully that's the biggest respect I can pay to him uh, compare, <laughs> comparing to his ability to being on the field uh, to, a, to a Michael Jordan type. Like this guy leads, he brings this calmness to the, to the entire team. He plays great football. Um, he's tough as 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 they come. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, there ain't nobody has played any better football than him this year. 
So there's a lot there. I mean, he, he, we just heard Nick Sirianni compare Jalen Hurts to Michael Jordan. I mean, it's amazing how far the comparisons for Jalen Hurts have come in one year to the, to the point where I don't think I've ever seen a player in the eyes of a league in a, in a fan base. Like the jump, this, this was the icing on the cake to Jalen Hurts' ascension. But maybe it was just me. I didn't take that at all that he was talking about ability. I mean, I don't think anyone should. And in fact, like, how, how, how could anyone be in any sport be compared to Michael Jordan? Like, what are we talking about here? But I, I did think about those Bulls teams. And, and Sirianni is – how old is Sirianni? 40 – early 40s, 41, 42? He's not that much older than I am. I remember growing up watching those Bulls teams. What's he, 41? Yeah, so he's four and a half, five years older than me. I remember growing up watching those Bulls teams. And – they had a, a sense when Jordan was out there, and obviously that was lost those couple of years where he, he retired. That they like once they turned into that kind of team, they that you couldn't beat them. Now they had the best player in their team, so that helped. But I thought it permeated through all those role players. Like Pippen was better than a role player, but like whoever the Horace Grants or Oakleys or whoever their guys were at that time, um, they Derek Har- you know Harper, Ron Harper, excuse me. Like it didn't matter. They, those guys felt like we can't lose. We have this guy. We won't lose. And I feel like the Eagles this year, when Hurts plays, they feel like they can't lose. They don't believe they're going to lose. I, as crazy as it sounded when he first started saying it, I think I understand what he means because I, I think he believes his team feels that way when Hurts is out there. They won't lose. He just kind of has that determination about him. And it's weird because you think back to really this entire season – he hasn't struggled at any point. No. Right? They're 15 and 1 now with him as the starter, and the one loss is because this wide receivers dropped a, a few passes down the field and the defense couldn't get off the field on third down. And maybe that says you can lose with Jalen Hurts still playing at the top of his game. But for the most part, I mean, I hate saying he's been perfect, but it's hard to argue with the results of what the Eagles have accomplished when Jalen Hurts is on the field. Well, and and they've got to believe deep down they can't lose with him because and and they've said it a lot this year. The only way we lose is if we beat ourselves. Hurt says it to them every time they they break down a huddle after the game. You know, if we play our game, only we could beat ourselves. Well, what's the only loss with Jalen Hurts? I mean, they literally beat themselves against Washington. That that was a that was on them. They turned it over four times in that game. It was on them. If they don't do that, they beat Washington and they're literally undefeated with Jalen Hurts on the field this year. That that's how good they've been with him. So they they should have this aura of, you know, just very high confidence because that's how good Jalen Hurts has been. And I thought on on Saturday, you know, for a guy that you look at his numbers in the game, like, eh, I, I thought everything he needed to do, he did on Saturday. I mean, I, obviously, as the game, like once we got to halftime, he didn't have to throw another pass. They were up twenty-eight nothing. What, what did he end with? How many throws did he actually have in the game? Twenty-four, maybe. He didn't throw it much. I mean, he didn't have to throw it much. The game was decided, you know, halfway through the second quarter. He threw it 24 times. 16. Yeah, that odds boost of him getting 200 yards I thought was a scam. Yeah. Well, it's funny. So, yeah, so FanDuel um, had a boost on, on Saturday. Were they lower to, like, even odds, or was it, or something like that? Yeah, it was up to – I think it was minus 180 to up to even odds. So the boost was uh, Hurts to throw 200-plus yards and the Eagles to win. So it felt like uh, this feels like a good bet. And then he didn't do that because he only threw for – 154 on 16 completions. Didn't it feel like, well, we did our same game parlay, which we didn't hit on Friday. And we were talking after the show about how the odds were a little bit different based on 
the Eagles to win big, right? To win by more than 15. Didn't it feel like every time there was something with the sports books in this game or anytime you looked at a different angle of the game, there was like a, it's almost as if FanDuel or any book that you might bet at kind of knew this was possible. Like the way that number moved at the 14 and a half. I always think those odds boosts are a scam. Like they know something you don't. Well, a lot of them seem very, very easy. Well, I took another one yesterday I lost. Now, I did hit one last week. Last week was, I forget, it was like Jamar Chase 4. Oh, no, it was the Monday night game. It was C, it was um, CD Lamb 40-plus yards, Mike Evans 40-plus yards, or Godwin, and Brady to throw for 200 yards. I, I hit that one. So, like, I think they're 50-50. But here's another one yesterday I felt it was too easy, and it was a loss for me. It was both Burrow and Josh Allen to throw two-plus touchdowns. I was like... We're probably getting a shootout here. Both teams get to the upper 20s. And Joe Burrow kept his end of the bargain. He was fine. That Allen fellow, though. What, do you have any? Or Are people blaming the snow yet? Is that why Buffalo lost? Well, I heard what I saw this morning was their pass rush couldn't get their footing in the snow. As if the Bengals played in, in nice weather. And it's as, if, as if Joe Burrow didn't get rid of the ball at like 2.3 seconds per, per dropback. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm done with the Bills, and I'm kind of glad they're out anyway. But yeah, j- just to go back to Hurts and how he played in this game, he, he was efficient. I thought he was accurate in his throws. And didn't it feel like the throw down the field, the 40-yarder, the bomb to Devontae in the first drive of the game, didn't it feel like that was like the, the – I, I had two moments where I felt like, okay, Jalen's fine. He's, he's back, and even if he feels sore or into pain, it's not – limiting him in any way. The first one was a deep throw down the field because I don't think he threw it that far in the the, the Week 18 Giants game, right? He had a 30-something yarder to A.J. Brown early in the game, but right. he didn't really air it out. That 40, 45-yarder was... Didn't he, that feel like a statement from Sirianni? Yeah. Like, like, we, like we'll, sh- we'll we'll take the first shot. Yep. You, we, Everything's okay. We could do this. And then he ran a couple times, but there was one run, I think it was to his left second quarter where he bounced off of three guys. Like, not only did he not slide, he almost invited contact on the play. And that told me he's not worried about the shoulder anymore. Like, I wasn't sure when he got up if he was going to feel okay, but it just told me he it's 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 out of his mind now. It's just playing football. Yeah, there was another play. I think it was Kayvon Thibodeau who, who tackled him in the backfield. Same thing. It was a design run. I think he lost one or two. And he kind of landed on that opposite shoulder. But Kayvon Thibodeau put a lot of his weight on, on the injured shoulder. And... He didn't flinch. He didn't like stay down for an extra half second. He popped right back up and kept moving. Yeah, and I think a good thing, you know, it's been two days now, and we've heard zero about Hertz's shoulder. Like when you've thought the last couple days, not even re-injure, but just if he was having a difficult time, I feel like we would have heard that. Now Peter King's column today pointed out that that Hertz told him, you know, it's it's still a nagging nagging thing like I don't know if it's just going to go away because he's playing through it and it's not been five weeks of total rest but whatever it's not a significant thing I am curious tomorrow will tomorrow be tomorrow be a walkthrough am I right on that tomorrow's a walkthrough day yeah so they've been doing walkthrough Wednesday full practice Thursday and then a kind of semi walkthrough Friday yeah I'm curious as the week begins if Jalen Hurts will be listed as limited because if you think about it two weeks ago the first practices off the Giants game, right, during their bye week, he didn't even throw. He was super sore from playing in a game. And then a bye week happened. He got a whole weekend off, and he came back, and he was full last week. I've said, I, I mean, I said it last week, I think this is going to be his most difficult week of just physically playing, 
then back to normal playing. If they get to the Super Bowl, he's going to have the extra week again, so that will help. I wonder if he's limited at all this week. If they just, even if it's not because he's in, he's hurting, like just to give him a rest day of throwing a football to make sure that shoulder for Sunday is as good as it could be. I, that I will be curious of. Or is he just full again, like like nothing's going on? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I do think it's interesting because you mentioned he wasn't on the practice practice report at all. If you didn't know that he had a pre-existing condition and just looked at those injury reports, you'd assume he was fully healthy heading into the weekend and maybe would have been a little surprised when you heard on the broadcast about how injured he was. But I don't know. I, I think we talked a little bit about it last week. Like he could be limited on Thursday when they do the full practice with the rest and maybe, you know, throw the shoulder injury in there. But I think he's good to go. Like he, he may not be feeling great, but I think as far as he and the Eagles are concerned, he's past this. He he's past the the did not practice. He's past the limited limited practice. He's he's good to go. Yeah, he's back. And and what's interesting about this particular game coming up against the Niners and him being back is I think that is a, a, a spot they could have some some success. Like this Niners defense, look at all the numbers. It's good. I mean it's it's good. But I feel like over the last couple of years, mobile quarterbacks have given them some trouble, including if you go back to last year, the last time the Eagles played the 49ers, week two of last season, they lost at home here. The Niners, that was a game Brandon Graham got hurt. You go back to that game, Jalen Hurts had 80 yards rushing in that game. Kyler Murray in the past has gotten some rushing yards against the 49ers. Like they've, they have a, there's something about that defense and the way they play, that personnel, that scheme, D'Amico Ryan's. You can you can get some quarterback rushing yards, and in a game that feels like it's going to be just so just even on both sides, it feels like an X factor. Not only Jalen Hurts' ability to run, but his willingness to run and just to, you know, convert for like converting first downs. Like watching that game yesterday against the Cowboys, it's just so hard to get first downs and stay on the field against the Niners. Like they just they get you off the field. It's like third and it's third and six, boom, you throw a pass, they get you before the sticks or the, or that's incomplete. You, know, you go back to last year when the Eagles offense was much different and it was much worse than it is now. Jalen Hurts' legs converted so many first downs. Like it just it kept them on the field. It kept them from having to punt. And I wonder if this coming Sunday, if we get some of that again, where it's like, man, nobody's open. Pastor's got there. I gotta make a play run for six slide and, and just keep moving the chains. Stay on the field. Don't give Brock Purdy the football. Don't give the Niners offense the football back. We I think we could get some of those. And the other thing about this particular game coming up is, you know, as good as Bosa is and Armstead is, I don't feel like for the first time all year they have the advantage. Like, this Eagles offensive line, if Lane could get through this game again, and did you see early in the game, I think it was like first quarter, first, second drive, Lane like looked as if he was in some pain, and then I don't know. Did he just shake it off or pretended it wasn't there? Then he was fine. Yeah, there's another play where Kelsey got up and started holding like his, yeah. his leg too. I think it was a screen pass, and the guy just shook it off and was back in the huddle. So I was watching my little brother, and it's like, oh my god, Kelsey started. Looked like he just ran to the sideline, and by the time the camera came back, he was in the huddle. The 49ers defense is interesting to me because they're number one in points allowed, number one in yards allowed, but. They were 20th in red zone defense, and they were 16th in third down defense, which are two things that Jalen Hurts is really good at. And when Jalen Hurts is healthy, it's two things the Eagles excel at. 
I think this is a good matchup for the Eagles. Like, I, I know the 49ers defense is incredibly talented, and they have playmakers on all three levels uh, of that defense, but I think having Jalen Hurts and his ability to run the football is a great equalizer. Yeah, and they also give up big plays down the field. I mean, they, and you think about the, the postseason so far, CeeDee Lamb had, what, 100 and something yards yesterday, and Metcalf had over 100 in the first game. Doesn't this feel like an A.J. Brown game over the top? And it was – that was – if there was one – negative or worry coming out of the game. The A.J. Brown stuff was a little bit weird. At first, I thought he was hurt. Because remember last week, he had one day, or in the bye week, he didn't practice. He had a, I think they called it a calf. And then he was fine last week, and we forgot about it. But then he, he kind of didn't get up. Right? He, they had a deep pass down the field. Hurts and, and Brown did not connect in the end zone. And then A.J. was kind of slow to get up. And I was like, is he hurt? And then he was all by himself on the sideline, frustrated. Today, Nick Sirianni said they they think he's good to go and he's fine and all that. The A.J. Brown thing was a little bizarre. Um, he has not, in his Eagles time so far, been – he has not come off to me as selfish when he doesn't get the ball much. Like, obviously, this game, they only completed 16 passes. It was a running game. They were up big. And – Early on, it was Devontae and Goddard getting the, the targets, not A.J. Brown, at least, you know, big ones. Don't you feel like A.J. Brown's getting a big pass down the field early in this game? Like, they went to, the Seahawks went to Metcalf early. I feel like this is going to be an A.J. Brown game. Yeah, Nick Sirianni is very good at stroking his players' egos, and we saw how frustrated he was at the end of the game. It reminds me of week two when Devontae Smith didn't get the ball to open the season, and right. for a second play, they went right to him. I can see a similar thing with A.J. Brown where he's featured heavily early on in the game. And the good thing, I think, you know, when it comes to – because I think anytime there's a, a high-profile wide receiver and they're pouting, you know what we all start thinking. Like, uh-oh, they're afraid they're not getting the ball enough. It's going to get in their heads. It's going to distract. It's going to be a big thing in the in the locker room or the, the huddle. The one thing on A.J. Brown that we could take solace in, he and Jalen Hurts are legitimately friends. I I, I – like, I can't imagine it becomes a thing at all. I mean, I would hope this for his entire tenure here. But, like, they're focused. They got a game on Sunday for the NFC Championship game. They'll get A.J. Brown the ball. The thing I worry about more than the mental stuff is that he's – I hope I hope he's physically okay. I, I do wonder if A.J.'s dealing with something because there wasn't much going on this past game, right? He wasn't very much involved. And I know he was on the injury report a couple weeks ago with a calf – and then it just felt like he got up, and it was just – I couldn't tell if he was just frustrated and kind of just elongated how long it took him to to stand up or if something legitimately was bothering him, but they need him. Like, this is the kind of game where they absolutely need him um, to be out there. And so the quote today from Sirianni was that AJ was going through a little something with his body late in the game. He should be good for the NFC Championship. I mean, I'm not worried about this. I feel like, again, it's just like the Hurts thing. Two days after the game, wouldn't there be a Schefter report or a Garofolo report, whoever it is, you know, like, you know, dealing with a calf, dealing with an ankle, should be good to go. Like, if nothing is out there, if no news is usually good news when it comes to injured guys in the playoffs. And I, I would imagine AJ's okay. That, a little weird, though, should be good to go. From Is that a gamesmanship thing from Sirianni? I think so. I, I just think it's odd between that and Avante Maddox and them being hopeful. I don't know. I just I, I would be shocked if AJ Brown wasn't out there. And honestly, I'm on the other way with Avante Maddox. I, I still don't think he's going to be healthy enough to get out there. He might be active in practice. He might be limited on on Wednesday or Thursday. But 
I would be surprised if he came back, especially considering he was still wearing a walking boot as, as late as last week. Feels like the Super Bowl is the goal for Avante Maddox. That feels like the spot. And I think that that could be realistic. I mean, they didn't put him on the IR. So if he starts running around this week, we got a few more weeks till the Super Bowl. That, that feels like the spot for Avante Maddox. And that, I, that's the game they need him. I mean, if they're going to get to a Super Bowl and play Burrow or, or Mahomes, that's the game they need Avante Maddox because those teams have so, so many weapons. 215-592-949 if we want to hop in. we got a Mac attack coming up at 10 tonight? A Mac attack. Jody Mack, as we get said, I heard uh, Jody and Glenn yesterday morning debating on the Niners or the Cowboys um, in terms of who we'd rather face. It, the Cowboys week would have been a ton of fun around here. Just to have the Cowboys and and everyone just 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 foaming at the mouth to go play the Cowboys and, and beat that team. Tucker, your guy Sean Bradley tweeting. He's a big he's a big Twitter guy um about one- Yeah, he's also on the IR. Like he he's done for the season. So, but he said they have something for them. He wanted the Cowboys before the game. Um it would have been fun. It would have been a, like an all-time WIP week, but I, I don't I mean, not any part of me would have felt like they were that much of a challenge. Like, I would have felt super, super confident the Eagles have the game won. I, I don't feel that way, and, and I'm okay with a little, like, a little nerves heading into a playoff game. This almost felt too easy on Saturday. Yeah, the only nerves I would have felt were kind of like, like I, I talked with TK on, on Friday night. It almost felt like we were missing something, you know, when you get something and it's too good to be true, and your first thought is, what, what's the catch here? Like, what are we missing? That's kind of how I felt going into the Giants game. Like, there's no way they're actually going against Daniel Jones, right? In this Giants team this that they real? beat. Like, there must be something we're missing here. And obviously, there was not. They beat him by 31 points. I would have felt the same way about the Cowboys. But the flip side is, if they had lost, if they had that opportunity and the Eagles played like they did against Washington earlier in the season, it would be one of the worst losses in the history of the franchise. Yeah, it would have been so great to beat him here, but it would have stuck forever if they lost. But I just think the Eagles are better than the Cowboys. I look at the Eagles and the Niners, and I don't feel like there's a gap. I think the point spread is telling you there's not much of a gap. But they're, they're I mean, they are legitimately even teams. I'm going to give the Eagles the edge because they're here and because I, I trust Jalen Hurts more than a rookie quarterback on the road. But I, I kind of like that we're going to have some nervous energy this week. That like they're going up against a great coach and a great defensive coordinator and great players and a team that, you know, the Niners have playoff and championship pedigree within the NFC. The, the Cowboys do not. The Cowboys have one playoff win that matters in forever. That was against, you know, the ghost of Tom Brady and, and Todd Bowles. Like that, that doesn't matter. The Niners have been to a Super Bowl. They've been to three title games last four years. That that makes us exciting. You know, it's an Eagles team that is clearly game for this and up for this and deserving to be here against a Niners team that this is their third championship game in four years. I mean, they are tested. They've been, A lot of those guys have been to a Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan. That makes this fun. Like that, that little bit of, are the Eagles up for this? Are the Eagles truly good enough to beat this team? I like that we have this uncertainty this week. I like that it's like, we believe... But there's reason to have some, some I think, healthy worry heading into the game. Like, man, they're going up against a good team. And I also like when it's all said and done, if they do this, if they if they put up a lot of points on the Niners, like they just did it to the number one defense in the NFL. Like that will make this even sweeter when they're holding up that trophy on, on Sunday night. They feel a lot like the 2017 Vikings, don't they? The number one defense with a quarterback that came out of nowhere. 
And that team had a lot of weapons, right? They had Stephon Diggs. And they Thielen. Had Adam Thielen. Thielen was really good at that point, yeah. I don't know if Dalvin Cook was there yet or not, but he might have been. I think he was. That, I think that he was a rookie that season. If I, I wasn't that the, wasn't that the 2017 class with all the running backs? The Eagles got Pumphrey. Oh yeah, they wanted to get McCaffrey, but he ended up going too early. And yes. they wanted Dalvin Cook, but they traded up, so they got CD uh, Sidney Jones instead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a, it was an outstanding team that Vikings team, and they and they want yeah Diggs, Thielen. Who's the tight end? Rudolph was he the tight end? Uh, yes, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, I mean, obviously Kittle's better, but but yeah, and they had they had a lot of they had a ton of weapons on that team. And the defense was like the best third down defense in the history of the NFL. And the Eagles torched them with Nick Foles in the NFC title game. I don't think it's gonna be quite as much of a route as that title game was. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if the feeling on the games are flipped. That like this one was 38-7, the division round, and this one comes down to the final minute of the game. Eagles and the Niners, the way the Falcons did in 2017. We got a whole week talk about that. Jalen Hurts and the coaches, and what should be an amazing week here in Philadelphia. Back tomorrow night at six. You guys have a great night. We've got Jody Mack coming up next on Sports Radio 94 WIP.